Welcome back to another episode of A Few Screws Lose, the podcast, where we have discussions about mental health by the mentally ill. My name is Dan, and you can catch me on Twitter and IG at I am Dan on Drugs. You can also find the show on Twitter and IG at Screws Lose Pod. And not to forget, we also have a YouTube page where we post clips of the show, and that is at Screws Loose Pod. And I am P in Charlotte. You can catch me on Instagram at P from Charlotte. And if you enjoy the show, check us out, man, on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. Subscribe to the channel. Give us a couple likes and uh, leave a review on iTunes, man. We, we definitely appreciate it. On our 14th episode last week of A Few Screws Loose podcast, we discussed uh, some of our jobs and, and uh, things on our resumes, if you want to call them a resume, which have led us to certain uh, positions and attitudes and circumstances in our lives that we're at now. The show is mainly about midlife and quarter life crisis. But as uh, you know, Dan and I discovered while we were trying to get to that topic, many things can kind of contribute to feeling that way when you hit our age. So definitely check that out. It's called Nuts for Hire, episode 14. And this week, what we're going to be discussing is well, it, it's kind of a, a a double topic, but we had a eighth grade teacher and his favorite thing to say is you lie, cheat and steal. And those are your good qualities. <laughs> so what we're going to talk about is some of the circumstances that lead people to do things like that. Maybe lie, cheat, steal, criminal activity and also we uh we're going to discuss second chances. So that's going to be the the gist of this week's show. So what I'm going to start with uh P is a lot of our heroes, right? Let's think um <laughs> Tupac, Mike Tyson, and when I say our heroes, I just mean, you know, the black community in the 90s. Tupac, Mike Tyson, um you you name the rappers uh Biggie, uh who who else? Like OJ. There, there's so many <laughs> OJ became one of our heroes in the 90s. That nigga played football in the 70s. <laughs> You're not wrong. That's when that's when suddenly he wanted to pretend to be black when he got in trouble. Yeah. Hey, you ain't lying. I started showing up at clubs and shit. Like, damn, OJ. I'm not black. I'm OJ. Man, fuck out of here. Man, that nigga hairline, man, got negative two yards, Joe. Man. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Man, so that nigga's hairline was tackled for a loss, young. That shit is fucked up. <laughs> yeah, he go to his barber. His barber. <laughs> what do you want, OJ? I ah, just sit. Give me an all out blitz. My <laughs> God damn. Man. <laughs> that nigga had an all out blitz on his hairline, young. God damn. <laughs> that man was fucked up, man. But, um, yeah, and he's a perfect example, though, as far as his criminal activity, right? 
Mike Tyson is another. He is, for the most part, heralded by the black community. And he he's one of my personal fa- favorite uh athletes of all times, favorite boxers of all times. But it's no secret that he had a checkered past as well, as far as uh he was a stick up kid, you know, uh strong arm robberies. Uh and then I mean, a lot of the trouble he got into even after he became uh, a professional fighter, right? So his circumstances growing up in, I believe it was in Brownsville, New York, prior to going up to uh, with Customato and them and Catskills, his his environment kind of was a, a cesspool of crimin- criminal activity. Right. So growing up in that type of environment, I can understand some of the things he did as far as the robberies and, and shit like that. P. Um, so. What's your what's your take on that as far as some of some of these people, Tupac even uh, shot a cop uh, like a lot of our heroes had checkered past, man. They grew up in fucked up situations, turned around and became something. Right. So do you think by like especially with Tupac, he he was a philanthropist that not not many people knew about. Not He wasn't one of those people that broadcasted a lot of the shit that he did. Like, for instance, there was this girl in D.C. actually that got attacked by a pit bull and Pac heard it on the news. He skipped a flight to go to the hospital to meet this little girl. And um, I think legend has it. He paid her medical bills, too. Right. So without a second chance, I mean, Pac would have probably been in jail years before that. Same same with Mike, man. So so how do you feel about second chances? I don't have an issue with second chances. Um, most of the time, especially amongst, I think, um, I'm gonna draw kind of a generational line between our generation and, and above and probably my, my, my kids generation and up to now, I think back then when we grew up, there was no internet. There was no, um, sitting at home on gadgets and things. Um, it was a lot harder to survive in the, you know, 60s, 70s, 80s, early 90s. And some of these environments that were pretty much like war zones you know we all know about how dc was in the in the 80s and 90s we know about new york baltimore la and countless small towns all over the country and you know kind of back then you could make the argument that we don't have exposure to positive things we don't have exposure to know what's appropriate and what's not we all you know if if anyone's ever lived in any inner cities or or lower income areas you know that back in the day you are pretty much on an island. There aren't any jobs. No one comes to invest in your town. You don't have exposure to other ways of life because you're in a shitty school. Now, the things are different nowadays, right? A lot of kids grow up or go to school with other children from more affluent parts of town. You have the internet. You have different uh, levels of exposure. You have actually lots of exposure for people outside of your area, especially with this mass communications era. So I kind of feel as though where earlier back in the day, I would have felt a little more comfortable with, you know, second chances in most instances. But the thing about now is a lot of these kids, I don't think deserve a second chance, not so far as punish them for life, but punish them fairly harshly the first time. So they know that you're not always going to get away with this mess and you keep on doing it and doing it and doing it. Because frankly, I think people nowadays know a lot better than people from our generation and prior. Yeah, that that's true, man. But when you say um punish punish them harshly, right? For for 
first offenses. Let me throw a couple of offenses out for you just to kind of get an idea as far as to where you stand. Right. Let's say um, skipping school. Oh, that's you should get a warning for that. You should get a warning for that. That's not a expel them right now type thing. I mean, we skipped school. Shit. Yeah. Yeah, we did. And uh, okay, now let's move forward to like um, strong like Mike Tyson, strong arm robbery, snatching purses and shit. Say you got some of these kids and, you know, they they do that bullshit where they film everything and post it online. So say, you know, oh, better yet. You remember that that game they were playing a couple? Well, it's not really a game, but the game they were playing a couple years ago, the knockout game where they yeah. walked up on unsuspecting strangers and just punched them in the back of the head and tried to knock mm-hmm. them out. Yeah. So let's use that as an example. Uh, where where would you stand on that as far as how how severe the punishment should be? Well, it depends on how old you are. If you're 14, 15, 16 years old doing that, then you should have a book thrown at your ass because people have gotten killed for that. If you're videotaping yourself doing something like that, harming someone just because it's fun rather than when we grew up or before, you may end up strong arm robbing someone to get their money so you can buy yourself some dinner. You see what I'm saying? There's a difference. And I feel as though if you're one of these little dumbass kids or even in some some cases, dumbass adults walking down the street punching unsuspecting strangers in the face for your for, to go viral online. I feel as though you should have a harsh non first offender. If you're a first offender type of sentence for something like that, because you can kill somebody like that and it's all for kicks. Now. Nah. Yeah. So I guess in, in your, in your opinion, the, the determining factor would be the motive. Is that fair to say? Not necessarily the motive, because if you are, you know, robbing someone, have you, just rob people and rob people and hurt people and rob people. I mean, of course, you're going to have to pay some consequences. I guess the point is what I'm trying to say is one thing that our law doesn't do very well is take um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Circumstances into account. I think they do it in the reverse. I think the children who are poor and struggle and come from bad situations get punished more harshly than the children who do the same things or if not worse things than those lower income children may do. And they get less time or in some cases, no time because they may be able to afford a lawyer or no one wants to, quote, ruin their lives. I don't want to ruin this honor student's life by, uh, I don't know, holding him accountable for his actions. So um, I think that's what needs to be done a little better is circumstances around the perpetrators of some of these crimes. Man, and it's it's funny you say that because I have firsthand experience with that, right? So it's it's no secret. Um, I mean, if you're a new listener, I spent majority of my teenage years in juvenile detention facilities and group homes, right? So I've seen my fair share of of repeat offenders, people coming coming in and out. I I was actually one of those people, but um, you know what's funny is the older I got. I saw a lot of the more affluent um, people because our city is was was it no longer is. But our city was very diverse and financially diverse as well, too. There was poor, poor, poor people. There were middle class people. And then there were people who had quite a bit of money. We all went to the same schools. Right. And I know a lot of the more affluent kids who were doing drugs they were doing drugs that were a lot harder than um the the weed that we would smoke or the alcohol that we would drink i i know a lot of people who stole stole their parents cars wrecked them did a whole lot of shit and you know they they got that shit covered up man i can't say 
I, I don't want to start saying people's names, but there was a group of people and P think like the, the hacky sack circle, right? That's, you know what I'm <laughs> talking about in the alley. If like a lot of them used to break the law, especially this one kid named Adam, he, Adam wanted to be black, right? So Adam would go out of his way. Adam was a, he's a white, white kid. He wanted to be black and he, he even said as much and he went out of his way to dress like us, talk like us, act like us, but he took it to another level. It's almost like, like, I guess when you're trying to impress you, a woman can tell when you're just trying too hard to impress her as a man. That's what Adam did to black people. He tried too hard to impress them, tried too hard to fit in and be one of us. Adam broke a shitload of laws. And there was this other kid. Um, fuck. What was the other dude's name? Matt. Matt was just as fucked up, too. He he did. I mean, Matt's doing great now, but he did like a lot of the same things we did. I never seen any of these kids in the juvenile lockup. I never seen any of these kids in the courthouse. Never seen any of these kids in the group homes. Never seen any of these kids doing community service. Like nothing. Probation office. Never seen them down there either. All their shit got swept under the rug. So I, I absolutely agree with you in, in that sense, P, that, you know, we don't get treated the same or even fairly in some cases. So let me, let me ask you this then. With that being the case, right, that that would build some I can I can also speak for for myself here. That builds resentment, right? That builds anger. So I find myself. uh, Well, I found myself in my late teens, early 20s, kind of lashing out, being angry, doing a lot of stupid shit because of that. Right. So how how do you feel about people who, let's say, same same type of situation? They blame a lot of and I. I don't want to use the word blame, but for for lack of a better term, they they use that to excuse their actions. I don't accept people who blame other circumstances or themselves or other people, I mean, for their actions. At some point, there's a cutoff. At, at some point, there's an age cutoff for, for when you have to own up to your decisions. I mean, I take myself, for example. I did a lot of dumbass shit and um, I knew I was doing wrong stuff. I didn't need to blame nobody else. You know, um, even as an adult, I did dumbass shit um, because of bad decisions. And I knew it wasn't nobody's fault but mine. I've had a lot of bad shit happen to me, whether it be my career being lost through no fault of my own. And I wanted to do a lot of things about that. You know, people who were complicit and instrumental in ruining my life. However, if I did something like that, I can't blame. Oh, I lost everything. I lost my career. I lost my future. I lost everything because of y'all. And I'm sorry. Nobody's going to sit there and say, oh, we're sorry that happened to you. Uh, You're excused here. And I, you know, I'm aware of that. So I feel as though people that are adults and I, and I know people hate to say age 18 um, Mm -hmm. or you're still not an adult yet. Well, obviously you're not always still an adult yet, but at the same time, you know, what you're doing is wrong. Um, I don't buy the whole way you're 18 bullshit because I had my child when I was 18. She was pregnant at 17. My, my ex was. I'm raising a baby right out of high school. I had to get it together real quick. There were things I wanted to do. I wanted to have fun. I wanted to, you know, live my life. I couldn't. But I see other 18 year olds, 20, 21, 22, 25 year olds, even people our age, Dan, sometimes, you know, acting like little kids, like teenagers, like there's no consequence for their decisions and, and behaviors. And feel as though, well, somebody owes me something because I came up rough or somebody owes me something because my father wasn't around. And I'm like, well, get the fuck in line. 
Because it's a lot of black kids that didn't have no parents around that lived in the hood in terrible, shitty circumstances that went to college or went to the military or police or fire department and, and became very successful because they knew their circumstances were terrible and they took ownership of their own lives as opposed to blaming other people. Yeah, man, I, I can agree with almost everything you said, with the exception of let's let's take somebody now. It, it, this is going to be like a totally different situation, but let's take somebody that was raped as a child, right? If they do like, I, I, I don't know. I can't think of like what, what it is they're doing, but I can see in some instances, even as an adult, like traumatic experiences can lead to PTSD as of course, uh, P P's well aware of that, but any traumatic, you don't have to be in the military. You don't have to be, you don't even have to be a first responder. Any traumatic um, event can lead to PTSD. And I think what's really interesting about PTSD too, kind of off topic, is how you can take 10 people, put all 10 of them through the same exact traumatic experience. Maybe only two walk away with PTSD. Maybe none walk away with PTSD. Maybe they all walk away with PTSD. I always found that interesting, man, to just completely change change the conversation. Yo, man, you know why that is? Well, shit, I mean, it's a lot of people in the fire department that don't got PTSD, but I ended up with it, you know? <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's just one of those things, man. Different people react to different traumas different ways. And some people don't really have an effect on them. Other people may affect them deeply. So um, that's always been strange, too. It's people I ran the same incidents with. And I know I, I knew a lot of the people on the incidents that trouble me the most. But, um, yes, yeah, it is a strange, strange thing. Man. So the reason I bring that up, though, is now let me ask this, too. I'm, I'm kind of painting a, a picture here, but I'm just doing it like stroke by stroke. Have you ever been to a point where you've completely lost your shit and you had no control over yourself or your actions? No, no, I've, I've never lost control. Um, I have an explosive temper, but I'm always in control. We often mm -hmm. joke about the day. We often joke about this day when I was at the church and <laughs> uh, <laughs> you I, was swung on me. <laughs> I was getting in a big old incident at the church and Dan swore to God I swung on him. And I kept telling him I didn't swing on you. <laughs> I, jer I jerked my arm from you high <laughs> in a high manner. <laughs> but um, now, nah, man, I, I, I've now, I ain't never lost control. Can't afford to lose control. Man, there's been a couple of times where I completely lost control and completely just we like to use the term blacked out. And it's well, when I use the term, I, I don't know what the the definition is or the clinical definition is. But when I use the term. I'm using it in a sense to where it almost feels like in my brain, like I'm, I'm trying to keep it together. I'm trying to keep it together. And the best way to describe it is almost like if you take a twig in your hand and snap it, that, that's what it feels like in my brain. And after that twig snaps, it's, it's almost just like that. It's like, and yo, I just go completely the fuck off and I, I've, I've done Lots of shit that some of it I'm not going to admit to on the podcast because I don't know what the statutes of limitation are. But um, <laughs> I, I I can give you an example, actually, right now. Um, One time, my old girlfriend, we were this. This was when I was younger, but we were having an argument and some dude that she was cheating on me with kept calling her phone, kept texting her phone and. 
So one day we're sitting on the couch and I see the this is pre iPhone pre before you can make it just say message. The actual text message used to come across the phone. And I'm like, yo, this nigga still texting you. So she looks at me and says, no, man, that's what I heard in my brain. That little twig snapped and I just lost my shit. So I take her phone outside and I like launch that shit into the concrete and then stomp on the shit. Right. And then I look at her and say, fuck you. And I just got in the car and left. <laughs> like and what was funny about that situation is I didn't plan on doing that. I didn't like that. I wasn't even thinking about doing that. It just happened. And then it's like after I calmed down and after like I, I've even done that shit to my own phone, I'd get pissed off at someone on the phone and I throw my own phone and break it. Phones are not cheap. This is back in the day where you had to get those two year agreements and still pay like three hundred dollars for your phone. Man, phones weren't cheap. And I broke a lot of fucking phones. Now, that's not something I planned on doing. It's not something that I wanted to do because it's hurting me more than it's hurting the person on the other end of the phone. Shit, it's not hurting them at all. But man, that's that that's kind of what what I'm what I what I mean when I say blacking out. Now there there has been other times when there are more violent altercations. Like you, you, you used to you used to punch brick walls. Yeah, yeah. I, I never planned on doing that. <laughs> I looked at <laughs> you. Go. You hit that brick wall. I looked at you. I said, "Damn, man, don't that shit hurt?" <laughs> nah. And then like two minutes later, damn, man, my hand hurt. Hey, man, your hand, man, your your hand look like a boxing glove, man. You all right? <laughs> Man, and I found out. I actually recently found out why why it is people do that. Uh, I know, I, I know it's you're a good guilty reason. of doing, huh? It's oh, a good yeah, reason the reason if you read the same article I read. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's basically mis misdirecting your anger at that particular time because you don't want to hurt the person that you're actually angry at. That that's what I read. Well, see, you, you brought that up, and that was actually kind of what I was going to say in response to what you said about losing control i was i was going to say i don't consider that losing control because it's better to break her phone than her jaw you see what i'm saying i mean look let, let's go back let's go back in the day. i'll give you examples i used to break the hell out of my nintendo controllers which I, I swear those things are the most sturdy constructed devices in history when you lose in contra or you lose in ninja gadian and you slam your damn controller you know oh you know of course you don't want your controller to break or you know um what else? Or punching. My thing is, I would I would punch holes in the wall. I would yeah. know I'm going to punch a hole in the wall before I do it. But it wasn't the fact that I just black out and hit the hit the wall because I lost control. No, that was a culmination of things. And you think about this, you know, man, I'm mad as shit. Fuck that. I'm gonna hit that wall. Hit the wall, and then you're fine. So I'm not. I'm not. I don't. Cons- I don't say I don't consider that losing control. I consider losing control. You know. All right. You know the saying, "Hold my beer." Or in our black people case, we say, "Fuck it." Yeah. To me, if you say hold my beer or fuck it, you didn't lose control. You made a voluntary decision to take some risky behavior. Losing control is you just going ham and you don't you're not thinking you tripping, you blacked out. You don't know what you're doing and you're acting totally irrationally. And in the grand scheme of things, Dan, like harming yourself is not the same as harming others based on of a based on a trauma. You see what I'm saying? Like if you have PTSD, you're not. I know there are people that say, oh, they shoot up stuff. No, they don't do that. Most of the, if you're harming yourself, that's not the same. Like I'm speaking in along the lines of committing crimes and harming other people about, mm-hmm. uh, you don't have a right to blame other people for your, uh, your, your circumstances and then expect sympathy when you harm others because right. you're harming others. 
Now I you can you. harm yourself. I'm not, I'm not saying it's okay to harm yourself. No, look, a screw, a few screws loose podcast does not advocate self harm. <laughs> Disclaimer. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, I can't just look at someone and forgive their actions, especially as a grown up. Say, okay, let's go back to the rape thing. You were raped mm-hmm. as a child. Now, yes, there's a distinction between mental health issues versus rational decisions. Now, if you have a mental health issue based on being raped or traumatic upbringing, you may be addicted to drugs. You may, uh, uh, you know, be an alcoholic. You may, you know, do risky behaviors for yourself. Maybe be promiscuous, um, you know, do risky things, you know, and you may harm yourself. However, the line is drawn where you may be an alcoholic. So you decide to go get shit face drunk and get in the car and go drive. And then you go kill somebody because your ass is drunk driving. You can't go mm-hmm. into the court and say, forgive me, your honor, because I have problems. I was raped as a kid, which makes me drink, which which prompted me to get in my car and drive. So I don't really want, I, how can you blame me for killing these people? That That's what, yeah. that's where I draw the line. You harming others. Man. And right quick too, uh, that you bring that up as far as drunk driving there, uh, just maybe about a month or so ago down here during Mardi Gras. So, uh, time flies. I don't, I don't even know when Mardi Gras, I think it was in March, but, uh, there was this, this kid. Well, he wasn't a kid. He was 23 years old. This happens every fucking year at one of these Mardi Gras parades. And that, that's why people, honestly, if you're not from New Orleans and you're thinking about visiting New Orleans for any reason, don't. It's a fucked up place, man. And Mardi Gras is the worst. Every year, there's multiple, multiple deaths. There's multiple murders. There's multiple drunk driving because Mardi Gras, a, it's a holiday. It's a week long holiday that is it, it's celebrated by getting shit face drunk, like P said. And going places and going out like that's that's a horrible it's a horrible combination. And then you got people that aren't even from the area. Man, they end up in the wrong neighborhoods. They end up dead. They they just recently found like some dude from Sweden out in like New Orleans East during the Ninth War dead somewhere on a bike. Damn. Like, nigga, how did you get from downtown New Orleans? He was down in the French quarters with his friends to the Ninth War. How did you get there on a bike? Like, I, I hate to say, and it's, it's a running joke in the office. And of course, I don't mean this, but I it's, it's like, you're like, you deserve that shit because the ninth Man. ward is fucked up. Well, I think if it was you New don't Orleans got East. family or friends in New Orleans or you don't know nobody in New Orleans. I'm fortunate to have friends and family in New Orleans. If you ain't got no friends or family in New Orleans, I'm going to tell you, be careful if you must go. I just recommend going somewhere safer like uh <laughs> scottsdale arizona or some shit but <laughs> you ain't lying don't man, go to no. new orleans if you don't have someone who can act as your guide hell yeah and somebody that you trust like that's yeah. i that's one of my big things too is i don't travel anywhere where i don't know anybody so recently too man i'm jumping all over the place again here we go <laughs> oh yeah man uh recently well last year we got invited to it's called a pod connection and it's a podcasting networking ed- uh, event for, you know, a lot of podcasters, some of them influential and, you know, it's just a, a dope collective of people coming together, sharing ideas, networking, getting to know each other. And I'm like, eh, nah, nah, I ain't going because it was in Atlanta. And we know, I mean, me and Pete both, we know a couple of people in Atlanta, but I don't think I would rely on them to know how my brain works and also be my guide in Atlanta. You know what I'm saying? So 
the new the new one's coming up. It's a, a pod connection. It's in Charlotte. So, you know, I told P, I said, hey, man, I might need you to uh, roll to this joint with me, man. I'd feel a lot more comfortable going there. And, you know, I've been to Charlotte a few times. I don't really know Charlotte like 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 I know New Orleans or D.C., but P does. He's been there long enough. So I'm cool with that because P also knows how my brain works. P's brain works a lot like my brain works. So if we roll up to a pod connection and P's like, yo, this on the west side or I, I don't know wherever y'all bad neighborhood is. Hey, I like the west and, side. I'm on the west side every day. I don't believe <laughs> I'm over there every day. Like I live out there. Is that the is that the bad area? One of them. <laughs> man. North Charlotte. Out. North Charlotte is pretty bad too. Man, but if we roll up and it's like somebody's raggedy house in West Charlotte in the projects or something, yeah, P gonna look at me and say, Hey man, this where you was going? Nah, man, we ain't going there. And I'm gonna be like, shit, all right, yeah, because you know the area. But going back to Mardi Gras, the um there is this parade. It's Indemnian. The last year, a drunk driver plowed his car into like bystanders watching a parade, killed multiple people. Right. The same exact spot this year. Another drunk driver, a 23 year old kid gets in his car. He's shit faced drunk. He killed multiple people. He ran into nine bikers and people use bikes a lot during Mardi Gras because they don't want to drive drunk. I guess you're not even safe on on a bike so kill like one of them was a, a recent law student uh, a, a graduate from i think tulane university right and the dude gets locked up goes down to nopd lockup 23 years old now here's a plot twist he was a police officer's son and that's what he kept screaming on scene is man just call my just call my pops man just call my pops man nah i'm, I'm good man just call my pops Nigga, your your father cannot get you out of killing all these people while you were driving drunk. So he goes into the New Orleans uh, lockup and a couple of days later starts surfacing. Right. Oh, he has mental issues. He has mental health issues. You know, he's he's claiming now that he he also has an alcohol addiction. And like you start saying these things. And like P said, you, you're trying to blame even if he does have mental issues, even if he does have an alcohol addiction obviously that's something that you know you have if you're addicted to anything you know that you're addicted to it and you want to know how you know try going without it hmm. and it's like so i yeah i that's a real real long way of saying yeah i i agree with you in that case now the self-harm thing as far as um rape rape victims yeah they 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 tend to do that and i'm a little more sympathetic to them man because you know it, well, on the flip side, sometimes the the people that were preyed upon become sexual predators. So I, I'm not sympathetic to that. Man, how how you feel about that, man? Because that, that that's a I guess because you mentioned the self harm part, but for those like the rape victims who become sexual predators, they might not have been sexual predators had they not been molested or raped. But you know what? The thing is, they're sexual predators either way. It's just like somebody who was abused as a child and then they have a child and abuse that same child. They may not have been abusive had they not been abused as a child themselves, but their harm, they, they, their actions have caused harm to someone else. And once again, I think that the, the line is when you are an adult. Now, once you know, if you have a I go back again to mental issues, there are some people now and we know our criminal justice system is terrible at 
finding out ways to uh, treat people who are mentally ill that commit crimes. For example, I'm going to use someone that, that has decreased mental faculties. We know that there are people who've been executed that are almost legally meet the legal definition of retarded. And I'm not saying retarded to people. Everyone's offended nowadays. I'm using retarded in the old school medical sense. Your brain is mentally retarded from developing to past a certain age. Yep. That's one thing because you are not of the same. Um, what's the word? Your brain does not function in a normal, rational manner. So you may not have the ability for rational thought or impulse impulse control if there is an underlying severe mental difficulty. However, you have other people who are sociopaths. In other words, they're just assholes who decide. I don't care about these people. I'm going to do this. And they voluntarily choose to harm someone, to rape someone, to abuse someone, to traumatize someone else. They know they're doing it. You have no underlying medical issue that says that you are somehow uh, retarded, that you are somehow, uh, uh, you know, mentally deficient in another way from another disability. You just decide you're going to do it. Oh, I was I was touched when I was nine. I'm 24 now. So you can't hold me guilty because I was touched when I was nine. Now, if you're 13 and, you know, they found out a 13 year old may have been sexually assaulted. That's different. You're 13. You don't have the capabilities yet to really understand the finality and the consequences of your actions. So I I just don't accept adults trying to get the same level of sympathy for misdeeds that, say, a severely disabled person should get or a child should get. Right, man. All right. And this is the the before we move on, this is the the last, I guess, twist I'm a throw in here. And again, ladies and gentlemen um, of of our listenership, um, well, what I'm trying to do is I'm basically the the line of questions and the multiple variables I'm throwing in here is I, I honestly I don't know where P stands on a lot of this stuff. So I'm trying to figure it out to, to see if it aligns with, you know, my my views. And, you know, even if they don't, that's fine. But hey, look, um, I'm, a, I'm a relatively rigid person, man. <laughs> <laughs> I've become that way as an adult more so, man. So the rape victim. OK, here's here's where I wouldn't have a problem with them harming other people. Right. OK. Child gets raped. Nine years old, 10 years old, whatever. Boy or girl doesn't matter. At 25 years old, they come face to face with their rapist. They kill their rapist. They kill the people that were complicit in their rape. I'm okay with that. Are you okay with that? I'm not okay with it, meaning it is acceptable. I do think that would be one of those situations that I mentioned earlier where you need to take the circumstances into account because we know there are some states that have statutes of limitations and some that don't. We know that rape and stuff is hard to get people convicted of. So if you're a kid and, and no one listened to you as a child, you're 24, 25, you can't take those people to court. You know, they, they may pop back up in your life and then expect you to deal with it. And you may have uh, issues. You may react instantly. Now, if that's the case, you kill someone on site. I don't have a problem with that because you thereby and uh, maybe black law could do <laughs> could talk about this. If you haven't, you may meet the qualifications to plead insanity, temporary insanity. But if you go out of your way to methodically plan to kill um, everyone that you deem as responsible Outside of just the rapist, that's when you start to start to blur the lines. You know, you have a rapist. OK, you killed a person that, that raped you. Now, ultimately, I don't feel sorry for that person that was killed, that was raped. But there is a rule of law. And if people start thinking they can just do vigilante shit, then you're going to have a lot of things going on. 
Um, but if you start to say, and this motherfucker, because they didn't listen to me and that motherfucker, because, uh, they didn't listen to me and this person, because they, my mom, because they put this person home, that's a problem. You know, you can't Mm -hmm. just, because where do you draw the line then at that point, at that point you become Frank Castle, the Punisher. (laughs) Yeah. Or, uh, I forgot DC is equivalent of the Punisher. Oh, Judge Dredd. (laughs) Yeah. Man, DC (laughs) fucking sucks, man. Look, I, I give them their props on Arrow though. Uh, Green Arrow joint actually tight, but man, DC that bad make me mad. Why that Bama's hood don't look like it fit right? You ever seen how man. like white boys when they be wearing hoodies and they neck be too long for the hoodie? <laughs> so instead of their hood being baggy, that don't be like real, real stretched out over their forehead, and that's it. <laughs> man, that joint be funny, man. And then you know what else is fucked up about? Well, stupid about DC comics. Yo, like look at um the the black canary or uh even cat cat woman right they put a little strip of like cloth over their eyes and expect no one to know who the fuck they are shit clock kent just put on glasses you know that's <laughs> dumb about dc fuck that we this is the comics and pop culture <laughs> section of a few a few screws loose podcast you know what else is dumb let me tell you what's dumb in case you asked them motherfuckers got different versions of the same characters unrelated to each other on TV and movies. Why you got a Flash TV show that's not the same Flash from the movies, from the Justice League movies? That shit is stupid. <laughs> yeah, man, they got, um, what, what else? Like, yo, I, I've been watching Arrow. Like, I'm, I just got caught up on it. The the other joint I've been watching was uh Gotham. And even, man, it just goes to show how, how shitty DC's characters are. Batman, man. He ain't shit. How do you not know Bruce Wayne is not Batman? How do you know Clark Kent is not <laughs> Superman? How do you know? Like, Joe, it's, it's simple, man. Catwoman. She puts a little cat mask on. I can see the rest of your face. Like, no one knows who Spider-Man is. No one knows who uh Iron... Well, everyone knows who Iron Man is. But still, if Iron Man didn't want you to know who he is, you wouldn't know who Iron Man is. Man, these DC no. characters put a blindfold. <laughs> Mr. Terrific. How the fuck people don't know Bruce Wayne is Batman? It's true. <laughs> I mean, who the fuck else got that much money to have all that shit? <laughs> He's got gadgets. High tech gadgets that no one else has but Wayne. <laughs> Wayne in- Industries are into. Man, fuck out of here, DC. <laughs> man, tell you, man. But the whole vigilante shit, yeah. I don't know. I, what, what was that case um, in Pennsylvania with, um, who was it, Paterno? Who, the uh, Penn State case with the sexual yeah. molesting of all the little boys yeah that was a uh, jerry sandusky the assistant coach man everyone i wouldn't see all right so you oh i see where you're going with this ah i see that's uh <laughs> I'm, I'm not gonna start yet but ah you threw a you threw a curveball in there buddy <laughs> yeah man i i wouldn't i, I wouldn't have a problem with a, a whole bunch of vigilante justice basically just based on that whole scenario because we're we're talking about it's not even one person. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm going to say it's not even one person. And then you got the whole cover up aspect of it. Nah, man, a lot of y'all got to go, man. There's people still walking. You know what free else? I can see even say guilty. something similar. The whole the whole USA gymnastics team in Michigan State with that Michigan State gymnastics coach Nasser that was raping all those girls all those years and nobody would listen. Yep, yep, that dude too. So that I mean, it, it is a slippery slope. But I, I'd be more forgiving. And, and I mean, we're focusing on rape victims a lot. But you you look at let's just throw throw this one out here real quick. A military vet um, 
served our country, went over to war, came back with PTSD and did kill his 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 wife or kill. You know, he it's no secret that a lot of people with PTSD have um, substance abuse problems. So he goes down to a bar, gets in a bunch of bar fights, kills a bunch of people at the bars. I feel bad. I feel bad for everyone in that situation. I'm not particularly fond of alcohol, so I guess it is like eh. But I I think I would be somewhat understanding of the person with PTSD, not and and again not absolving him of his actions. But I'd be more understanding than let's say a school shooter who what do you call them incels or involuntary um celibate <laughs> yeah. These little bams that can't get pussy and shoot up schools. I don't care how crazy you are. I I have zero sympathy for you. So, yeah, it's very situational, man. But see, I don't feel that same sympathy towards, say, the veteran who has PTSD comes home and is abusive towards his wife and gets in fights because I have PTSD for similar reasons as they do. And I have an explosive temper, too. And I know as a person, I have to I have to utilize various means of avoidance and de-escalation to avoid getting myself in that kind of trouble. And I just feel like there is not an excuse to go out and be violent towards other people that had nothing to do with your circumstances. You know, that's like I'm going to go punch my neighbor in the face, which is which almost happened, by the way. (laughs) I am known in this neighborhood. Um, I go punch my neighbor in the face because I'm mad that the fire department, the union, the local government, the government in Virginia and the lawyers dog me out and, and I had my life ruined. I mean, that's not that's not acceptable. And I just can't. Put it, I guess what I'm trying to say is I, I don't expect that kind of sympathy and I don't see how someone else should expect that sympathy as well. If it's something like that, you got to control yourself. You're an adult. You got to control yourself. All right, man. So now now that I kind of see where you stand as far as as being rigid, I, I think I'm I'm very similar. There are a, a few differences because I I'll take in take into account, even if you harm other people, I'll still take into account. uh your circumstances, things that happen to you, right? Now, I know a lot of people use that as as cop outs too, but let me before we switch gears too, because I, I honestly I, I do want to get into the second chances. But um, yo, do you consider just your personal opinion? Do you consider child molesters and sexual deviants as being mentally ill? I feel as though in anyone who would do something like that is obviously not uh normal i guess i want to say the words um anyone who would do that is not all well i guess that's the best way to say it i can't say mentally ill but i have to say not all well i guess that's the better way to put it yeah man so on to on to second chances right now you have a hardline stance as far as harming other people um even getting over on other people because growing up we had a lot of friends a lot of mutual friends who uh they they did a lot of extra street shit that was just completely unnecessary and they did harm a lot of people um where do you draw the line with second chances because if you if you take a hard line stance on yo your your past you being molested you being abused as a child your father leaving it pretty much you could name any experience in the black community or uh, poor community Let, let's use um impoverished impoverished people right where where do you draw the line with second chances well i think first we gotta i, I never asked this question what do we mean by second chances uh second I, I chances okay mm-hmm. i perfect example um mark Wahlberg, where that whole bowling now that was alan iverson at a bowling alley but mark Wahlberg 
he did oh man i should have pulled this up before the show i'm gonna freestyle this but he attacked somebody and called him a bunch of racial yeah called him a bunch of racial slurs attacked him um harmed him and hurt him pretty bad and he's always had that on his record and years ago i remember he was trying to get that removed from his record because I, I think he wanted to run for some kind of office or something like that, or it's been haunting me my whole life. And, you know, I'm no racist because I work with all kinds of people. And but, uh, you know, people like him got a second chance. But see, I don't call, I don't I don't consider that a second chance because you got penalized for it. Now, I don't mean every crime means you should be locked up and have the key thrown away. You know, I just feel like you need to have some sort of punishment for what you did, which is, uh, you know, that is. That goes hand in hand with the crime you committed. And I don't even know if he was 18 when he did that. So, yeah, he was. I can't really. He was. He was. He must have been young as hell, though, because he was still in that. Uh, uh, rat. He was still a rapper and he was yeah. young. <laughs> so, you know, I can't really call that. I don't consider that a second chance. I'll give you examples of second chances. Somebody who commits a heinous act like Brock Turner raping, raping girls and getting all for it. Or mm-hmm. the uh, uh, affluenza kid who uh, killed someone, I think. And got off because he was affluent and he doesn't really understand his actions because he's not a, quote, normal person or someone who commits sexual abuse and gets lenient probation with very minimal oversight. I consider that getting off. Um, Now, I don't have a problem with second chances, meaning, you know, you do something that is not that is okay. For example, I was in a situation where I looked at a kid with an ankle bracelet on who probably was on probation and had an ankle bracelet, which obviously limited his quality of life and the way he was looked at by those outside of the house, um, probably because he just got caught with a bag of weed versus I keep bringing up this instance of sexual assault because this is obviously something I know about from someone um, versus a teenager who was convicted and openly admitted to violent sexual assault. No ankle bracelet, no drug testing, no visits with the probation officer, no inconvenience to his life, no nothing. So I feel mm-hmm. like why is that person who just got caught with a bag of weed having to walk around with a goddamn ankle bracelet on and they make one mistake and they mess around and end up getting violated and go to jail versus someone who committed a violent sexual act they chose to commit and has no inconvenience to their life because they're seen as smart or seen as a good kid otherwise. That's the shit I don't I don't like. That's to me, that's unacceptable. So that will fall in line with uh, Brock Turner then. Yeah. And, and it's a lot of instances you see with certain kids from certain backgrounds that that have that treatment or, you know, it's just not right. I, I don't consider if you were penalized for something and it har- and, and it has an effect on your life. OK, I have another example. OK, I'm going to give I'm going to give you a caveat to this, Dan. I have an issue with the child sex offender registry. Now, this this stance may almost be as controversial as the stance that I was taking versus, you know, um, second chances. This may be surprising, but I don't agree with the sex offender registry. Why? One, doesn't take into account a lot of variables, meaning you got men who are 18 that are on the registry because they had sex with a 16 year old, their girlfriend. You have mm-hmm. people who got sentenced to 15 years in jail, did their time, come out, have to register as a sex offender. And they they can't they pretty much end up having to live in these little camps in the wilderness somewhere because you can't live within X amount of feet of a school, can't live around X amount of feet of a playground, can't live around X amount of feet of a church. And you try to find places like that where you can live. So you end up pushing people to the fringes of society that already paid their debt to society. Also, 
You've had instances of people who like to go on that sex offender registry, find people in their neighborhood and go kill them. So I don't agree with that. You paid a debt to society. You you face the consequences. I don't agree with that. Um, I feel hmm. like it's useless. And it's kind of side side note, sidebar. Kind of, It's kind of useless because I feel like if you're going to commit sexual assault, damn a list, you're going to do it. So I don't agree with that. But, you know, it's just I just I just don't consider a second chance as a. Uh, you know, you got a year in jail, or eight months in jail. If it inconveniences your life, then I don't consider that a second chance. Man, would you would you want to know if your next door neighbors were sexual uh, deviants um, who have been convicted and did time for molesting children? You know, it doesn't matter to me because here's the thing, man. I don't know how many people out here listening got kids, right? I feel like this. You got to treat everybody like a potential damn sex offender. You got to treat everybody as a potential uh, person to do harm. That's what they taught us growing up. Don't talk to strangers. You know, you can't sit around and trust other adults. So it doesn't matter to me. I'm not letting my kids go over nobody's house. And ultimately, those people on that sex offender list, guess what? They got there by committing a sex act, a sex crime for the first time at some point. So, you know, I don't even, I'd like to see the stats, Dan. That'd be interesting of people on the sex offender registry who reoffend while on the registry. Um, yeah. And so, that's, that, that that's a good point now my i guess my issue with that would be it, it doesn't matter how you the adult view them like um oh i i view every single adult as a potential sexual predator the i mean these days especially these days parents aren't around their kids 24 7 i mean a kid could be playing in the front yard and you remember that uh what's the name shit 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 lip boy ship lip boy Shiflet. That was just some crazy man walking through the neighborhood. Right, right. Now, what I'm getting at is if, let's say, your your kid's out in the front yard going to check the mail, going to check the trash, playing, and there's a known sex offender living right next door or two doors down, runs over, snatches your kid up. I mean, again, I I see what you're saying as far as view everyone as a sexual, sexual, um, a potential sexual predator. But in that case, I think you would take uh, more caution, take extra measures, knowing that you have someone who has done these kinds of crimes because you can go in the database and actually see what kind of crimes it is they committed. Now, there's a lot of bullshit shit like the statutory rapes and even the the falsely accused where people again, it's usually poor people. They they copped out. They copped a plea because they were either afraid or couldn't fight the charge because they didn't have the money for a good rep- representation. So it's like, uh, okay, you, you plead down, but you still have to be a, on the sexual registry or whatever that is. But if there's a child molester, I'm sorry, I want to know where they live. And if someone shows up to their house and kills them, eh, okay. <laughs> I, I don't have it, no problem with that. But see, I, I, I got issues with that. One, it doesn't really matter if you know they live there or not. You can't keep your child locked up in the house all day. Because like you said a minute ago, it doesn't matter what we think as parents, right? And the guy that killed the shiftlet boy, that was just some crazy man walking down the street. He didn't live over there. You know, so the thing is this. Okay, I got a sex offender living down the street. Um, How is that going to change my child's behavior? I can tell my kid all day. Me telling my kid, don't go down that end of the street like I do anyway already is not going to make my child say, I'm not, oh, I better not go down there because I may get kidnapped. Let me look, frankly, let me tell you something about kids today. They're goddamn stupid. We, <laughs> yeah. we were a little more, we, we, look, we were worried about crackheads. We, oh, don't go in the laundry room. Don't go in the laundry room. Crackheads <laughs> down there. 
you know, you tell kids these days, and this is from experience, man, don't go to the end of the street. They go down there anyway. So you tell a kid, hey, don't go yeah. near that, man, that guy's house, that, that man raped little was... boys. or look, No, go ahead. Damn. I was just going to say, you remember that day we was out when we was like 13 years old at like 2 o'clock in the morning and that big gay dude kept trying to get us to come over by him? <laughs> and we knew better. He's like, I ain't fucking with him. <laughs> but you tell, you know, you tell your kid already, don't go down there because this, this man raped little kids. They go down there anyway. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, so what? I'm not going to ever, my kid's never going to say, have to ride the school bus to go to school. My kid's never going to be sitting outside, standing outside. If this guy's a perv, frankly, I'm just going to say, I'm willing to bet, and this is just speculation here, but common sense speculation. Somebody that's a sex offender on the sex offender registry is probably not going to go rape somebody in the same neighborhood that they're registered as living in. They'll probably go somewhere else and do it. So it's just, to me, it's just like, it's a, it's a, it's a fake, uh, what's the word? It's a band-aid to try to make people seem like they have control over a situation when you really don't have control over it at all. Yeah. Uh, the, a lot of the times too, what they do is they're not really living where they say they're living. <clears throat> they, uh, they'll register at an address and use it as their home address mm-hmm. and live elsewhere. A lot of times it's with other people. But, um, now that you mentioned kids, right. And kids being stupid, the, the social media age, man, <laughs> we, we talk about social media almost every week or every show. And I'm starting to see a, a lot of uh, I think I really wasn't paying attention to it because me, I hate social media. I don't like to be on there. I'm only on there for these shows and to to interact with other podcasters and people, people that are like minded. But, yo, I fucking hate social media, man. Social media, social media can kiss my ass, man. I, I fucking hate it. I don't I don't even want to log in. Like, do you know how that shit many is the devil? It is, man. It's terrible. I got so many red messages right now and people keep like, I didn't even know Instagram had a damn inbox until like eight months after having it. And I still don't check that shit, man. Like, I, I man, fuck social media. But it, I, I think you you were on to something a couple of weeks ago when you're like, yo, man, social media is causing these kids to be stupid because they, there was a thing like uh, Charlemagne on the donkey of the day, maybe last week. They, that dude that got a surgery to look like his selfie. He spends hours and hours editing one photo to post online. So now he's going to plastic surgery, plastic surgeons and getting these plastic surgeries done. Man, yo, that, social media is, is, is really fucked up, man. It's really fucked up. So these kids lack these days other than fighting like bitches, too, because I watch their little fight videos and they fight like what would I say? They fight like 90s girls, like dudes yeah. fight like not girls fight in the 90s, fought in the 90s. But they don't know how to do regular life shit, like real life shit. And I'm gonna give you an example right quick. There's um a, a friend of mine. She She's an older woman and she has a son that is actually my age. And her son still lives at home, 30 plus years old. She still controls every aspect of of his life. Oh, you can't hang out with this person. You can't hang out with that person. Like, man, you can't bring girls to the house. Nigga, 30 something years old. You can't move out. (laughs) He doesn't move out. Yo, this, this dude has been permanently disabled by his parents, man. And what's sad is she she openly talks about it like. Like this shit is normal, right? It's like, yeah, I look after my baby. I look after my baby. Lady, your baby is 30 something years old. 
So she gets a call one day and uh, he was asking how to show proof of insurance to the cop that just pulled him over. How old is he? 33. Damn. You don't know how to do that? He never. No. First of all, he, he has he never paid his own car insurance? No. <laughs> he, she pays all his bills. He gives her his, his paychecks and she pays all his bills and then gives him a, a couple dollars cash and said, Here, here's, here's your spending money, baby. Here's your spending money. Don't go out and spend it on these girls. Nigga, 33 years old. And honestly, I talked to him a few times. Man, I hope she's not listening to this show because, yo, the nigga, he seems, like you said earlier, retarded. And he doesn't have any mental disabilities. He doesn't have, but the dude's slow. He doesn't understand anything you're saying to him. He doesn't understand how normal, everyday adult functions go. Uh, Like, man, it's, it's, it's sad, man. But. You know, that that's how kids are these days now with with in the social media age. And I was going to tie the two. Have together you ever somehow. tried to hold a conversation? Have you ever tried to hold a conversation with a younger person in their 20s and below? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my <laughs> it's, God. It's not fun, man. It's, it's like talking to a damn uh, semi comatose. It's like. To, all right. It's like talking to somebody that's on lean and Xanax at the same time. Like they look at you with this blank look on their face. They talk really quietly, which was a no, no. When we was growing up, men don't talk quiet. They don't look at you in the face. Everything is, uh, like, like, uh, and the other thing is everything they say is like from meme culture, like little catchphrases, like what are those and, and shit like that. It's like, I've, I've even heard kids say LOL instead of actually laughing. <laughs> Man. <laughs> OMG. <laughs> you don't shut your stupid ass up. Yeah, man. We we get a lot of them that come through the job and I don't know how they I, that that's how I was trying to tie tie that lady's son into it, but she trained I, I a guess, baby boy. She ra- she raised the baby boy. Yeah, pretty much. And that that's I, I uh, the social media generation, these kids now, let's say 18 through 25-ish. Oh, even younger too, but I'm talking adult ages. They're a lot the same, man. They don't know how to do anything, so they expect everyone else to do it for them, right? Like, like this dude. It's like, mama, uh, how do I, how do I do, uh, car insurance? How do I pay my, not pay my car? How do I show proof of insurance? Uh, mama is okay if I stay out to two o'clock in the morning, nigga. You're 33 years old. You, you shouldn't be asking your mama anything. And you shouldn't be in our house. So that that's what we're raising now. And that's what these kids are now. They need everyone else to hold their hand and do shit for them. But it also, it, like you like you always mention, it does it, it the whole entitlement thing. These kids become entitled because they don't have to do anything for themselves. Yo, they really don't. They can't even hold, like you said, can't even hold a conversation. But yet you feel entitled to some shit. You don't go sit your stupid ass down. Yeah, it, it pissed me off, man. You got, uh, you know, you got people raising entitled, selfish little assholes that think that everything is supposed to go their way. They think that they come first. And I'm going to go back to what I said a while ago about the privileged people getting off for crimes versus people who may have legitimate, uh, you know, factors that contribute to a certain pattern of behavior. Um, I'll even go to say um, just life, school, you name it, just, you know, People deem you as somehow better than others, right? And they stake their claim to their own pride on that child. So they look at the child's accomplishments as their accomplishments. Meanwhile, though, that child is not doing anything for themselves. 
you're doing everything for that child to get them all of these benefits over other children who don't have the resources, who probably work twice as hard and are in more desperate situations being overlooked for these baby boys who are getting spoon fed everything just to make whether it be a teacher or a principal or a mentor or some other adult feel good about themselves. And it pisses me off because ultimately those children end up taking gifts and benefits and awards and stuff over other more deserving people and throwing it down the drain and not utilizing it effectively and appropriately as grownups that could have went that could have been better utilized and better served for someone who's less privileged, but also much more of a hard worker that's trying to overcome their circumstances. So, yeah, man, that that, that shit pisses me off. That's I don't like cheats. I hate cheats, yo. Cheats and liars. Man, you basically just described uh, in a nutshell what happened at USC where Aunt Becky and them, uh, Lori Laughlin, paid $500,000 to get her kids into USC. And, you know, there were numerous other people. These spots are, are limited. The girl gets on her daughter, gets on Instagram, posts a Instagram thing talking about how she really school's not really for her. She doesn't really like it. She's just there to party, just there to drink. And, you know. Things things like that. Whereas, yo, that spot could have been reserved for someone who legitimately wanted to go to USC, who tried damn hard. I mean, especially the their student body makeup is less than five percent uh African American, man. So it's it's like, yo, you're taking opportunities from people who really want to do this shit. And people get denied all the times for for these universities, man. So yeah, that's fucked up, man. She she cheated and she got caught though. It's jacked up, and you know what's messed up is I can't I don't blame the children because the girl didn't even know the the one thing that I noticed is that these kids didn't even know their parents were doing this. They was just like, I don't want to go to school. And parents like, well, we you got a scholarship, so you got to go. But it's just the adults that do this make me angry because it's like what happened to the days of work hard, get what you deserve. How come adults nowadays don't hold children accountable? I feel like if you made a decision and you don't want to do anything, you can't make someone do what they don't want to do. And at some point you have to let these people live because you are hurting other kids. If you don't want to go to school and you force a scholarship onto somebody or you force them to go to college, like to pay, like they were doing it in that Lori Laughlin situation, you got kids who probably applied for that same scholarship who, all right, let me give you another example. I don't know if a lot of people know this, but the honors AP system isn't the same as it was when we were in school. Pretty much all you got to do is get a good test score and a standardized test to get in. These ca- classes, a lot in a lot of places, I know in North Carolina, they grade on a curve, meaning you get bonus points for being in honors. The work is less, and it's almost like the expectations are lower because they want to give you A's and say, look, we got you into college. We have X amount of honor students. So you have kids in regular classes at these high schools that may get B's and C's who are working really hard and not getting in trouble, but can't get higher than a 3.2 maybe. And you got some kid in honors who's not doing their work, does maybe a couple uh, weighted grades, uh, a couple, uh, uh, you know, big grade assignments a quarter and get a 4.1. And then they end up getting accolades and awards and achievements and scholarship offers. But then they go to college and either don't go or fail out real quick because they had no intention of being there anyway. So what about that child who got a 3.2 who couldn't get those scholarships? Welcome student debt. Welcome student loan debt. Crushing student loan debt where you either have to quit, um, you know, like like in Morehouse, where the, the billionaire said, I'm paying everybody's tuition. I read stories about kids who quit maybe a semester or two earlier that said I couldn't pay for it anymore. And now it's like they're stuck with debt. They don't have a degree 
and they don't get this guy to pay for it. So it's just, I just man. don't like cheats, man. Because it's, it's like you hurting other people. Right, right fast with that situation, too. I, I was listening to the Joe Button podcast earlier because that's where I get all my, my, my current affairs and news from. But nah, he, yo, he actually made a good point, And it's out there. I had to double check. The they wanted to see how much money that that dude spent paying off these uh these kids student loan debt. Care to take a guess? He didn't do any yet. I, I saw an article saying the school said they don't know how it's going to get paid yet. Let me let real quick. Let me just say something real quick before we go further into this. I don't like the fact that that man did that shit. Why? Because he made a graduating ceremony about him. And I don't like that shit. If he wanted to do that shit, he could have done that shit without saying that at a commencement speech. That's that's my end of rant, <laughs> man. Forty million dollars. That that's what he's paying, right? For three hundred and ninety-six students. That graduating class was three hundred and ninety-six students. How the fuck do you get forty million dollars in student loan debt? And so you see how many of those kids at Morehouse is an elite. That's a school, right? It was Morehouse. That is an elite HBCU, sort of yeah. like Howard, where when you go to schools like Morehouse, Spelman, and Howard, those are schools that don't have the stigma of being an HBCU. We all know that Frankly, the world has, there's a stigma on HBCU. Those three schools don't have that yeah. stigma. So think about the $40 million from that graduating class at that elite university had that much in debt. How many of those kids out of those 300 were on full scholarships? So think about that limited amount of space for kids with full scholarships. So that's right there tells you when you get a scholarship wrongfully, whether it be you purchased it or you didn't earn it, that hurts other people who probably otherwise should have gotten it. And that's what that whole Lori Laughlin situation in a nutshell is. How when you cheat, you hurt other people to the point where you may cost someone $75,000 of debt just to go to college and you get a fucking scholarship and you decide, I don't like school, and you piss it all away. Yeah, man. Fuck college, man. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I hate that shit, man. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm I'm, I'm with you, man. It's, it's not as impressive as it used to be. That's for sure. Nah, especially when you... <laughs> Man, I have my master's in botany, man. So, yeah, let's go ahead and wrap up. I mean, we we've touched on numerous topics from things that's happened to people in their past that may be, you know, maybe the reasons why they act out, why they do things, sometimes even criminal activity, harming people, lying, cheating, stealing, things of that nature. Uh, P takes a hardline stance on whatever happened to you in the past does not excuse you or absolve you of whatever you do. I'm a I'm a little more lenient there. I guess you know P would be right wing and I'd be a, a hardcore snowflake left left wing. But you know I I delve more into what it was that happened to him because certain things have certain traits. I mean we did talk about you know sexual crimes, people being raped, molested. We talked about um, even people growing up, you know, in our community, fatherless, around a whole lot of violence and things like that, man. Uh, then we also talked about uh, how these kids these days are dumb. <laughs> they, they're just not smart. Uh, we we often talk about and some even in some of our remember that time segments, we talk about how at 13 years old, you know, we were catching mass transit systems all over the city and our parents didn't know where we were half the time they didn't worry about us because they knew we, we would be all right man so you know I, I guess i'll just wrap up by saying bad shit happens to everyone no one's exempt from bad shit happening to them 
how you react to bad shit might be out of your control because, you know, I made the example that 10 people go through the same traumatic experience. Two of them get PTSD. The rest are fine. And then something less severe can happen to the other eight and they end up all fucked up from something that seems minor. So, you know, I I, I just leave it at that. Uh, P, any closing thoughts? Yeah, I got a saying that I started to utilize on my own self. After all the shit happened to me in the fire department, losing my career, I came to the realization that everything that happens to you is your fault. And that sounds strange to say. What I mean by that is you may not be able to control, say, an instance of mistreatment, but typically the fallout comes from how you react to it. If someone spits in your face and you cut their throat, that's your fault. You going to jail for the rest of your life is your fault. Just because somebody spit in your face don't mean you could have slit their throat. So consequences tend to come from reactions. And if you react a certain way because someone did something to you and you react a certain way, especially towards another person that may have been unrelated, it's your fault. And you can't you don't have that benefit to, to claim, oh, woe is me. But look, because frankly, if somebody, you know, I don't know, uh, abused you when you were 13 and then you're 25 and then you go take some woman you're dating and beat the beat her to hell up and kill her or put her in a coma. Her parents aren't going to be too concerned about you saying, oh, but I was beaten, no. So I just feel like as adults, you got to use your adult brain. And we got too many baby boys running around here and people expecting some kind of leniency because they had bad shit happen to them. Because let's, let's, just, let's just be simple. Most everybody had bad shit happen to them. So that's just kind of where I am on, on, on the subject. So uh, I guess that's it, man. I, I'm the asshole of this show and I, and I will wear that badge happily. <laughs> Man, and it's funny, too, uh, just to kind of tack on right to, at the end of what you said. Everyone everyone thinks they're special, man. Everyone fucking thinks they're special. You're special That's like one thing I else. even see from adults on social media. Yeah, <laughs> you ain't lying, man. So, yo, uh, speaking about remember that time, man. Yo, you remember you remember that time when you got uh my cousin a job <laughs> with one of your uh what was it your uncle owned a business and it was I, I think it was an exterminating job. Got my cousin a job there and my cousin worked there for like six months, great employee. And then one day he decided, hey man, I, I just don't want to go to work anymore. So he told somebody else to call his job for him, which would have been P's uncle, and say, hey. I got uh he got in a bad car accident coming back from Atlantic City, New Jersey. And, you know, we don't know what kind of condition he's in, but he'll, he'll probably be out for a while. A couple weeks go by. Uh, That's it. And my cousin's still driving around the take home vehicle, too, because they they give you an extermination. It was the exterminator vehicle. So he's just with all the chemicals and everything. <laughs> he, was, <laughs> he was driving that shit around like it was a personal car. So next thing you know, the I guess the job got concerned. It was like, man, we 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 haven't heard from him in a while. So they couldn't get him on the phone. They called his I, when he filled out a job application. He put his mother down as uh, emergency contact. Called her and was like, hey, how's your son doing? Is he still in the hospital? Like, when was my son in the hospital? Well, when he got in that car accident coming back from um Atlantic City, New Jersey. My son's never been to Atlantic City, New Jersey. <laughs> He's never been in a car accident. He's at home. I just talked to him. Well, no, this was like a couple couple weeks ago, like three, four weeks ago. No. <laughs> so then they called him and left him a message saying, hey, man, bring us our motherfucking van back before we send the police out there. Why didn't he just so quit? My cousin. Like if he didn't want to go back, why didn't he just quit? 
I don't. That's one thing that I still don't understand. Like, why didn't you just say, "Man, I quit"? Why? I I think I don't think he expected it to go that far. I think he just wanted like a week off, <laughs> and then one week turned into two weeks, and then next thing you two know, two weeks turned into grand know, theft. Hey, <laughs> man. They, so rather <laughs> rather than just taking the van back and manning up and saying, "Here, I'm sorry. <laughs> Here's your van." Alabama said. <laughs> If y'all want this van, y'all y'all gotta come pick it up. <laughs> my cousin, it was my cousin's stepfather, and I, she asked me. I said, "Man, I don't know shit. Don't ask me." This is the same cousin, by the way, who got me that job at the medical lab that we talked about a couple weeks ago when I <laughs> when I said I was going for a cigarette break and rolled out and never came back. That that's the same cousin. So she probably stopped um, uh, giving people that's associated with me jobs after that. Yeah, you ain't lying. Like you disappear and set off the damn uh red alert at the job, and then he steals the van. And just imagine you having a damn backyard cookout or whatever, and he comes pulling up in the exterminator van, and he ain't worked in four weeks. Hey man, that man be like, hey dog, y'all got too many mosquitoes out here. Let me go to the truck right quick. <laughs> man he, he he was tripping man he was tripping but you know what though around that time well shortly after he found out that he had a lot of mental problems too man and yo, know, he's he's actually he man he, he's fucked up he's still fucked strange up strange behaviors so, tend to be the catalyst a, to let you know that you do have some mental illness going on somewhere to hell yeah man uh, this has been another episode of a few screws lose the podcast uh remember if you enjoy the podcast uh just you know Hit, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, leave us a little review and check out some of the, the video clips on YouTube. So, yeah, I think that's all I can think of, man. I, I was trying to say something really smart at the end. Hey, but I got man. something smart. You motherfuckers know what to do. You know where to find us. Y'all know what social media platforms. Y'all know how to click like. Y'all know how to give a review. We really, really would appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, that'll make well, everybody want to support us. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't lying. Man, I'm Dan. You can catch me on Twitter and IG at I am Dan on Drugs. Follow the show on so fuck damn Instagram and Twitter and YouTube at Screws Loose Pod. And I'm P. Catch me on Instagram at P from Charlotte. And just like Dan said, I'ma keep I'ma say it again. Twitter, YouTube, Screws Loose Pod. Give us a like. You know, give us a review on Apple Podcasts. And uh I guess that's it. Peace. Peace.